Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marco. I'm Ian. And uh, we had a race this weekend. Uh, Ian, I know we talked about, you know, the end or the last episode that had a lot of high expectations going on this weekend. Uh, you, you know, were probably leading yourself for failure and um, upset. What was the, what was the take? takeaway from this weekend? Well, I mean, I I was happy with this weekend. It wasn't like wild, crazy action all the time, but like definitely worthwhile. I'd say it was a good race. Baku, for the, you know, delivered for the most part. Uh, and yeah, I think, you know, I'm happy with it. What about you? Yeah, I would say, uh, I mean, relative to going into it, it didn't meet expectations, but uh, I think foolishly, I got my expectations a little too high. Yeah, fair. But like you said, overall great weekend. And as always, we will cover the race recap as well as our good, bad, and ugly, our race haikus, and then our race predictions recap. So to go right into our good, bad, and ugly for our first sector of this podcast. Ian, would you like to start us off with the good, bad, and ugly? I would. So my good is going to be duct tape. Huge PR for duct tape today. Yes. Lots of screen time. Happy for them to come in and, you know, kind of be, be like they get to play the saviors of the day. Like, oh, well, you mm-hmm. know, the rear wing's broken. Use some duct tape. It's great marketing. Um, I think it, you know, putting my conspiracy hat on, I feel like duct tape might have kind of like set this all up, but that's for another Ooh. episode on another podcast. Um, yeah, I think like, uh, I, at the very, you know, like, after they finished and sent him out, I thought I heard the commentator saying, like, oh, the FIA is going to have a word with that. Like, when somebody from the FIA was walking down to be like, hey, guys, you can't do this, but Yuki just got off too quick. So it was like, all right, well, it's, you know, we'll see if it works or not. Yeah, right. They were like, uh, well, yeah, it's one of those, like, uh, ask questions later kind of thing. Like, we'll yeah. just do it. We'll figure it out, the yeah. consequences, because if not, this, this flap is just going to be just shooting off behind us all race. My bad is going to be Ferrari-built engines. Uh, there was a time during the race where four out of the four retired cars were all Ferrari-powered. So it was like Sainz, Leclerc, Joe, Magnussen. Um, yeah, bad day for Ferrari as a team, but, you know, I feel like that was going to be an obvious one. I think their engines, like they all, you know, most of the cars that are uh, Ferrari partners didn't do well. Yeah, uh, that was actually my bad as well. So, uh, I mean, I think it was just the biggest highlight of this weekend probably of, hey, you know, we've been seeing a little inconsistencies these past few weeks, but this was definitely the cherry on top for uh for tough weekends for 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 our engine. Yeah, absolutely. And my ugly, I'm actually gonna. I know we're a Formula One podcast, but I would like to uh, take a quick dive into the world of Formula Two for my ugly. So I don't know if you saw this. The Formula Two racer and former uh, F1 esports competitor Sem Bolukbasi has been fined five thousand euros, and his father Yavuz Bolukbasi has been banned from the paddock for one round following a minor scuffle that took place. Uh, at Sunday's feature in Baku. So basically what happened is Roy Nassani, who has uh, done some test drives for Williams, and this Sem Bolubasi guy collided in the F2 race, and then uh, the, this guy's dad just went over to the tent, lost his temper, and started a little shoving match. So just madness. I wanted to, uh, you know, it's like not every, t- not every day that you hear a story come out of F2, but when you when you do, it's like oh, it's because it's you know people are fighting like uh, like dads who care too much about umpires' calls and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like most of the times in motorsport, it's a NASCAR kind of scuffle at the end. I feel like you know kind of that redneck aspect of it. Yeah. Formula One might have that a little bit more of a hey, we're you know high class. So when it does break loose, it's always exciting. 
So yeah, that was my good, bad, and ugly. Tell me about yours, buddy. So my good is gonna be my good is gonna be Tedless Baku. <laughs> hey, Petey. Petey chasing, chasing Milo. My good is gonna be Tedless Baku. So I know we had mentioned this on the last podcast, but Ted Kravitz was not there this weekend. I I thought the commentators like the replacements. I thought everyone kind of filled in the gap pretty nice. The only thing I thought it was weird, which obviously is no one's fault of their own, but it's, you know, the typical, like, Ted, we'll take it down to you. You know, I'm just used to hearing that phrase so much Yeah. that not hearing it was something that uh, took me a little bit to get used to. I guess I'm still not used to it, but I'm just, I'm used to, like, kind of getting it taken down to old Ted. Yeah, I like it. Ted, like, Ted now will take it down to you. I could listen to that before I go to bed. It's like a nice lullaby. Yeah, like, uh, with golf you know you have jim nance yeah exactly formula one you got you know ted gravitz you know that's just like kind of synonymous <laughs> uh my bad was ferrari engines as well so fantastic bad on your part um my spur of the moment bad is going to be nicholas latifi because Ooh. um obviously had some big shoes to fill i think a little bit of pressure on his back of hey you know some rumblings of maybe him uh, getting the boot and uh, nick devries coming in this weekend did not help his cause at all. I think he was well behind everyone on the grid. Uh, it looked like a Mazepin last year, where it's just like, even from, I mean, wherever place he was in, if it was 20th, 19th, whenever, and as people went down, it was still like a 25-plus, 30-plus gap. I know, I know he got a little starting grid um, penalty, but... That was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, uh, somebody on the team just, like, touched the car too late. Like, that one guy was the reason. Like, it was just kind of weird to see, like, okay, what is that really? Like, why is that penalizable? But, I mean, I, I guess I get it. <laughs> it just rules as rules. I guess. Rules. Yeah, it was, it was very, yeah, just quite nitpicky. It's like, what did he gain? What did that team gain for, from doing that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then my ugly is going to be porpoising. Um, holy hell. This weekend <laughs> was, I mean... Like just like I keep surprising myself on thinking it can't get any worse. They're focusing um, like a ton of attention on porpoising, doing what they can, spending a lot of money on this, and for some reason it's getting worse. Lewis made a ton of comments this weekend saying this was his most difficult race of his career. He the last ten laps he was just kind of going through hell, just you know praying and, and kind of giving everything he got not to uh to spin out or you know lose control and crash uh so with him k mags with the nerve damage um there's actually talk that uh there's actually talk that lewis is in doubt for racing in canada next weekend because of uh, his back issues i don't know if this is mercedes just pulling the like oh look how bad this is we really need to change this uh but i mean it's only a matter of time when other drivers i know mercedes and apparently haas have been more the like on the bad side of porpoising but it's not like none of the other cars are going through this like they're all gonna eventually kind of catch up to them on hey this is really starting to fuck me up yeah man and dude lewis coming out of his car just looked so miserable He's like bent over. Danny Ricardo was in the back of somebody's interview in the media pen. You could see him like stretching out. It's like, dude, now like it's weird that the job description has changed from just racing driver to racing driver that can take an absolute beating from your car just because it's yeah. gonna bounce you like a bouncy house. Stunt double yeah. race racing driver. Exactly. <laughs> Got to be good at both. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, everyone's like, oh well, you know. It's Mercedes or whoever's team's fault. They just lift them up. Lift them up. That's an easy solution. 
obviously the team's not going to like if they're the only ones having to give up and everyone else is kind of sucking it through i think that's when they're they're kind of asking the fia to come in and say hey you make the rule of saying we have like change the minimum height requirement so it is actually safer for drivers and um I guess I guess it's a little standstill right now on who wants to cave. You know, either the team saying, "Hey, we don't want to kill our drivers," or the FAI saying, "We don't want these drivers dead." But so far, <laughs> no one's stepping in up for up for bat for the drivers. <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. Good job on the good, bad, and ugly. Let's move on to our race recap. Before we get to our race recap, we want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Dr. Scholl's Shock Absorbing Pants. 9.3 out of 10 doctors agree that your vertebrae are important to your general body situation. Shaking, rattling, and rolling your spine like a maraca could obviously have horrendous effects. Dr. Scholl's Shock Absorbing Pants give your lower back and booty cheeks the proper support for any activity where your spine is making a similar motion to a jackhammer. Dr. Scholl's, the only current solution proposed by the FIA to stop long-term damage to racing athletes. So, big shout-out to Dr. Scholl's. Very timely, I would say, given, uh, given current circumstances. There's our fix. Holy shit. I didn't even know we had them. Wow. That was, I was saying, what are we going to do to fix this problem? <laughs> Got it right there. Old, old Dr. S coming to, coming to save the day. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Let's move up. Uh, yeah, let's get into it with Qualls. Marco, you want to start with Qualls? Yeah, let's do it. So starting off with Qualls, I think uh, one of the, the things that stuck out to me was old Crashton Martin. Uh, they had a pretty eventful Qualls with Stroll crashing in Q1. That is his third consecutive Q1 elimination for the Canadian. Uh, and then Vettel causing a flag, even though he actually had a very strong um, very strong Qualls himself, uh, making it into Q3. He, uh, yeah, he had a little spin out as well um, and, and kind of bumped. So it's just, uh, I, I like the name Crashton Martin. I think it was very uh, applicable for their weekend. Yeah, love it. Can't believe he's can't believe Stroll's been out in three straight Q1s. Like, I, you know, you know that they're kind of like back of the midfield, but they kind of cement themselves in like back of the grid almost. Yeah, no, I, I cannot agree more. I think obviously you kind of have like the the Williams and Haas is kind of back down there, even though they had like a little bit of a high expectations coming off those first couple of weeks. But yeah, I think Ashton Martin is like it's right there, right in the bottom tier. Interesting, even looking at Stroll's crash when it happened. So there was about two thir- two minutes and thirty seconds left in Q one. Uh, which caused a, a big ruckus, basically, uh, <laughs> as, as they were restarting the lap uh, for the final last lap. Like, everyone wanted to get in, at least a practice lap, warm with the tires and brakes. Uh, so, yeah, it was just uh, it was a carousel like, of cars lining up, trying to get there as fast as, uh, as possible. So you typically don't see that as often. I was like, team, like cars having a little traffic jam in the pit lane being like, we got to go. Yeah, I, I told you it looked like coming home from the USGP in Austin where it was like just mayhem and just a big traffic jam. It's like, wait, who's going to let who in? And yeah, it's like get your elbows out. Yeah. Nobody's going to let anybody. Yeah, no, it's like I'm first, I'm yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. It's like, You're slower, get out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. Other important areas, we have George outcalling Lewis for the third time in a row. Um, I mean, this is just on par with what we've been seeing in 2022. It's just George has definitely been the the number one driver and it's been few and far between where we've seen lewis like on par with george what we're seeing or outperforming him like it's been very one-sided uh i mean even i even if you're comparing like lewis compared to what valtteri did you know like that that relationship even though valtteri was a p2 like there would be a decent amount of instances where Bottas did outperform lewis it's just we're not even seeing that 
And the last thing that I wanted to talk about uh, during quals or free practice, Carlos Sainz is now the only driver who has not out-qualified his teammate. So uh, Leclerc has gotten the be- better of him every single weekend so far in 2022. That is like a pretty wild stat. Like, you know, even the even like Latifi's out-qualified Albon. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, right. That's yeah. a bad thing to have on your record. Yeah, yeah. There's only so much like the confidence and the like like excuses you can kind of make where i mean at some point you're gonna you kind of have to say hey like i know it's taking some time but you got to show it at least every now and then and let's move on to our top five constructors uh to finish up the race recap so starting with alpine um, we had fernando alonso calling p10 crawling up three spots to p7 esteban ocon calling p13 crawling up three spots as well to p10 so quiet but good day for alpine good points out of it um i believe they only have a six point lead uh be in front of alfa romeo so you know they're kind of getting kind of lucky with the lack of reliability that they've been having over there at alpha but uh yeah i think you know not a lot weren't super loud in this race but you know good quiet day and, and points so i think they're happy i mean i feel like i run into this same thing with ocon all the time where it's just you know shows up you know toward Somewhere in the points, but um, wasn't really too much to talk about. Um, Fernando actually had a relatively quiet day where he wasn't pissing too many people off, at least during the race. I know yeah. in quals he had his own little uh, issues, but I mean he's he's for the important days on Sundays he's doing it right this time. Yeah, the I mean they 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 can be happy. I think they were super psyched up with like I think they were one of the faster cars in the straight. Like a couple people were commenting yeah. on that. It was super hard to pass them in the straight cause it, just because they had straight line speed, but. Yeah, man. I think uh, you know they're about right where they right where you would think they are. Like five out of you know right. fifth out of ten. That's that's about right where I would put them. <laughs> yeah, it was actually funny hearing uh, the the announcers talk about their straight line speed, and uh, I think it was maybe towards the beginning or middle of the race where they're like, just no one can pass these Alp- uh, no one can overtake these Alpines, and within thirty seconds, both of them got uh, had <laughs> yeah. someone to overtake them. Like it was just like nice one, nice the old commentator jinx. Nailed it. All right, moving on to our fourth place team, McLaren, with Danny Ricardo going from P12, a typical kind of starting spot for him, but the surprise, a P8, he was in the points. So a uh, huge, huge weekend for Danny. Landon Norris, P11, and moved up two points to P9. So uh, this was the first time in a long time also that I saw Danny having a better pace than Lando. Like, there was a couple times on the radio where saying, hey, I don't know where, where Lando's at right now, but I have some more pace, like, if you can't do it, like let me pass. Uh, so that was that was a rare sighting. I feel like that. Like like you said, you were super excited to hopefully have Danny have a good weekend. I was going to be more surprised than anything if he did. I think this is a great weekend for Danny, and I was pretty surprised. Yeah, I mean, beating his teammate, some team orders and whatnot, but I think it, like, overall, the team orders made sense in both, in, in all the instances where there were team orders today. Yeah, and I think we kind of, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but Lando was um, basically, you know, pointing the fingers at, with all these porpoising issues, blaming the finger at Mercedes, saying, hey, you know, if, if you want to fix your porpoising, raise your car a little bit, this will solve the problem. I think it's this like whole situation where you know mercedes wants to say hey if we do that like we're not going to be competitive as we are like it should be only fair where this is a safety issue of what the current regulations are let's extend them you know i, I kind of see where he's coming from where it's like hey we're not having these these massive issues so like just because your car is causing like injuries to uh to drivers then 
Like, why should we have to change the rules just for you guys? Obviously, yeah. that's not the case where there's a lot of teams kind of running into this. Some worse than others, but it seems like it seems like all teams are having some sort of issue with this. Yeah, I mean, it, def- it doesn't seem like it's you know very team specific, but uh, but yeah, man, that was that was funny to see all of uh, Team LH on Twitter get really mad at Lando for being like, "How dare you say that it's like Mercedes' fault for not raising the floor?" It's like, uh, yeah, I, right. They kind of get well, it. I mean, like, <laughs> they literally can raise the floor. Yeah, like, you can fix it. Like, you can fix this problem. <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, moving on from McLaren to our third place team in the constructors, Mercedes, uh, 161 points for the Silver Arrows. George Russell, calling P5 and making it onto the podium in P3. Lewis Hamilton, P7, and also going up three spots to P4 just off the podium. You really couldn't ask for anything more this weekend from Mercedes, especially given how physical it was and how you know. But even George. Kind of less than Lewis, but George was also complaining. He's like, "Yeah, I'm looking forward to a hot bath because that was pretty brutal." He's like, "It's it's you have no idea how painful it is." Like, Jesus, man, sorry about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of George, he just seemed like a lot quicker than Lewis. I think uh, that could be due to Lewis's scoliosis that he's developed over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, uh, you know, yeah, dude. See, I think I mentioned it earlier. Seeing him get out of the car looked very sad. Like. You ever seen, like, your dad bending over and gardening for, like, 30 minutes, and then he gets up in slow, like, slow motion and has to put his hand on his back? That was basically what I was seeing from Lewis, and it was like, man, you're not making 37 look young anymore, guy, so tough on you. Yeah, I, I could really see next week in Lewis walking to the track either in a walker or, like, a neck brace. Yeah. To really drive it home, too. Exactly. You know, gets a little more eyes on him, and he's like, look what I'm suffering. Like, I need this. He does, again, like, I know it's probably crazy painful, and I know, like, he's an absolute warrior. It's just worth noting that he does say a lot more about it than George, who is in the same car. Just a, you know, just an observation. I'm not saying he's not a tough guy. I know he is, but, you know, maybe George hey, is tougher than we're realizing. What is it, like, what, 14 years? You know, those 14 years, you lose, you lose a little spunk, you know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, not a little. You he's know, not, a, not a young can't man. Can't recover, anymore. you know. Exactly. No, he's not a young man at all. Yeah, I think this is taking a little toll. His his body doesn't uh, recoup as <laughs> as much as it once would. What as much as it once did. Perfect. Uh, moving on to our second place team, we have Ferrari. So um, started with uh, started in uh, so started this weekend with 199 points. And stayed at 199 points with Carlos Sainz with a P4 to DNF and Charles Leclerc P1 to DNF. So, I mean, just another tough, tough weekend. Like, we thought Monica was tough, but, I mean, that was a, that was still a podium, you know, getting some decent points. Just getting zero points from going from, like, a 1-4 uh, quals to now is just, it is tough, and like we've been saying, like it's not just the Ferrari; it's just Ferrari engines have uh, have been taking a toll. It seems like remember the beginning year. I feel like most car manufacturers that we've seen this year have had this like little sprinkle of rough patch. Like Red Bull, yeah, the Red Bull cars were really struggling in the very beginning. Mercedes with Aston Martin and all their cars were having like really really bad performances. So it just seems like this is Ferrari's maybe couple weeks of issues. Uh, fingers crossed. This is like. The, the tail end of that because if it lasts much longer this is going to be a, a very one-sided race for for red bull to finish off yeah man i saw a stat that uh verstappen has more wins 
from like when Leclerc's on pole, then Leclerc has wins from when Leclerc's on pole. So it's like, it's oh, just, God. it's just, uh, it's like, uh, it's such a bummer when you do everything right all weekend. Like Charles did absolutely everything he needed to do. He was putting himself in the, like the perfect situation. And then it's just, again, something that's out of his control, ruining his whole weekend. So it's gotta be so emotionally draining, but it's just part of the game. I think, uh, moving on to our first place in the constructors championship, Full 80 points ahead of Ferrari, um, sitting atop the constructors is Red Bull, Max Verstappen qualifying P3 and then making it up to P1, uh, getting the win at the checkered flag, and then Sergio Perez qualifying P2 and staying there in P2. So, you know, obviously they had basically a cakewalk of a weekend to where they ended up just because Ferrari wasn't really there to compete with them. And, uh, you know, Mercedes, there was a, a bit healthy enough gap that, you know, it wasn't a big deal to deal with them either. But, yeah, dude, you know, Leclerc's DNF on lap 21 uh, just kind of, like, opened it up for him, let him cruise to the finish line. The uh, There was a little bit of controversy with team orders once again. You know, a lot of people think Sergio Perez doesn't necessarily get his fair shot just because Max Verstappen is the golden child over there at Red Bull. But, uh, you know, people saw that there were some team orders saying, you know, when Max was coming up behind Sergio, he's like, hey, no fighting here, like, basically no defending. Um, but, you know, Max, it was another situation where it was like Max was two seconds faster than him per lap. Like, it didn't really make sense for them to, you know, go back and forth, wear their tires out more unnecessarily. So, uh, yeah, I think Max just had a better strategy and they didn't want to let that get interrupted. But, of course, there were a lot of people upset, uh, just, you know, especially Mercedes fans being like, yeah, Max is so coddled. Like, he's just given all these wins. It's like, all right, he finished like 20 seconds ahead of him at the end of the race. So... Well, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that only goes so far, but, but yeah, man. Red Bull, I think, are on top of the world right now. Like as far as just how they're feeling, their car is quick. Their drivers are performing well. Their second driver is performing well for once, you know, in a long time. So yeah, I think it's uh, good to be good to be wearing the Red Bull hat right now. My gosh, yeah. I mean, this is is this what Mercedes felt like for seven years? Like, uh, holy shit! Yeah, they're <laughs> like, dude, this fucking rocks. We should have been doing this a while ago. This could this could be if we could do this is for two months this is fantastic I can't imagine for seven years holy shit and all right that'll do it for our race recap let's take a second to tune in with our poetic cells and go through our race haikus Marco I want to hear your haiku first this week all right sounds like a plan all right so my haiku is Baco you my my haiku is Baku, you bitch, causing too many crashes. Big day for Danny. So, Baku, you bitch, is your first line? Is bitch too? Bitch. <laughs> no. Bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> right? No, I don't think so. Bitch. Bitch. Bitch is what you're going with? That's what you think it is? Bitch. This is the stupidest podcast ever. Fuck you, you bitch. All right, we'll let it slide. What's the next one? What's the next line? Sorry, I got so distracted. I need you to do it again. I'm sorry. I ran into this when I was writing this. If bitch was one or two. Bitch. Right? We'll let it slide, but it's under protest. Is it? All right, it's one. I'm going to do it again. Okay. All right, here I go. There we go. Fuck you, you silly bitch. Causing five retirements. Big day for Danny. Okay. So, Baku, you silly bitch is... Silly! Is <laughs> two. God damn it! Just say you dumb bitch. Dumb. 
All right. Here I go. Baku, you dumb bitch. Causing five retirements. Big day for Danny. Nice. I like that. Wholesome. First That's good stuff. Yeah. You like First that? try, dude. Did you hear that before? First try. That was great. <laughs> you probably didn't hear that before. Uh, mine is Ferrari Blunder. But I mean, what else is new? Max points for Red Bull. Thanks. Yeah, I'll have to get back to the drawing board of mine. Okay. I didn't like it. <laughs> hey, everyone has their everyone has their tough weeks, you know. Yeah, man. You're the hey Ferrari. Yeah. Ferrari had a tough week. You had a tough week. It's yeah, all dude. Exactly. All right. It felt wrong if I had a, if I had a killer weekend. And finally, let's wrap up with our race predictions recap. As it stood last week, uh, Marco and I were tied at nine. And going into this race predictions, we actually didn't do too poorly. I think we both picked up some some good quiet points. We were the yeah. both the Alpines of the uh, of the weekend here. So um, I got the fastest lap for Sergio and pole position for Charles. And you want to go ahead, Marco, with what you got? Yeah, I got Max with the winner and last place with Latifi. So yeah, I like. Uh... Front and back end right there. Yeah, good job. You got I'll take it from both ends. You are. Man of many, many talents is what they say. Okay, good. Uh, so as we stand right now, Marco and I are still tied uh, at 11 points. This is a good race, man. We're doing well. The view, the viewership for this has got to be up uh, just given the parity. So good job on us for, for like you know orchestrating this in the way we did. Yeah, exactly. A great, strong game that doesn't show any like favoritism all right good stuff there um good race in the race predictions war that we have going on and uh yeah good good championship battles as well here both uh at kind of the top and the midfield that'll do it for this episode of the asphalt podcast though we appreciate everybody for listening we are on to canada this coming weekend so the we'll be in montreal and uh and covering that race and i think that's all we have appreciate everybody for listening thanks assholes thanks arseholes